Welcome to the Strategic Tech Coaching Podcast. Our host, Oscar and Dermo, will together with guests share proven, tested strategies for improving your life and business. At the end of each episode, you will learn how you can use technology to implement those strategies into your daily life. We want to help you bridge the gap from inspiration to implementation. Hi, this is Oscar Andermo from the Strategic Tech Coaching Podcast. And Strategic Tech Coaching, what is that? That means that we take strategies the best strategies we can find to improve your life and your business. And then we use technology and coaching to implement those strategies into your daily life. Because it's not only about knowing a lot of strategies or knowing a lot of uh, theory. It's also about using those strategies, using them in your daily life, day to day. That's how you improve and that's how you change your life. Most of the time I'm going to be interviewing different peoples that have unique strategies and uh, we're just going to pick their brains and learn as much as possible from them. And then at the end of each episode, I'm going to share some ways on how you can use technology to implement one of those strategies or two of those strategies that our guest has shared. And today's guest, the first guest, is a, a very interesting guy. And to go through his whole CV would take probably an hour because he has just done so much. And it's Professor Lars Erik Unestol, Swedish psychology professor that um, started with mental training. And he started that in the 60s and the 70s. And he was actually the first uh, psychology pro professor that was at the Olympics. Sweden had uh, a psychology professor at the Olympics, I believe, in 1976. And then at that time, this was completely new. And that was Professor Unestol. And Unestol has done a lot of things in his life. And uh, yeah, he traveled to more than, uh, I think, 118 countries. He has some interesting thoughts on aging, becoming old. He's, I'm older than him now because I surpassed him because he stayed at 37. And this is one of the things that we discuss. So um, I'll, I hope you enjoy the episode. There's a lot of things we're covering. So uh, the first part, we... I actually recorded in the car because, uh, yeah, we got caught up. There was a lot of things because I did this uh, episode when I was at his yearly event that they arranged from his from this, his uh, training academy. So in the first part, I believe the first 10 minutes, we are actually driving in the car. So you may hear some background noise. I, I hope you're okay with that. But we still, I still managed to pick his brain on a lot, a lot of interesting topics. So enjoy the episode and at the end, I'll share some ways on how you can implement the strategies into your daily life. So here we go, Professor Unestol. So uh, we're in the car and I'm sitting with uh, Professor Unestol. He has a big event tomorrow and tonight there's a little bit of a welcome cocktail. So we're on the way to the store to buy some snacks for the welcome cocktail. So, But uh, yeah, we'll take some time with Professor Unestol and discuss a little bit about mental training and all these things so well, I did an interview with, with uh, Unestol before and it's on YouTube so I recommend you to watch that episode first where he explains the history of mental training because now we're gonna go deeper in the strategies and all this so good to see you again Professor Unestol thank you, thank you. <laughs> so we, we just had a, a, a little bit of a seminar about breathing techniques so uh, they say that breathing is the bridge, you know, when in all the meditation techniques and in your mental training, you start with the breathe, focusing on the breath many times. So, what are your thoughts on breathing? Yeah, when uh, we were talking today and uh, had uh, a number of presentations, it was mainly about uh, how to practice and how to use breathing in order to improve health and improve well-being uh, often in the uh, we were at the university hospital and often in the hospital when you talk about breathing it's about breathing problems and mm. sickness and illness that has to do with breathings and mm. lung functions yeah. uh, but uh, the emphasis this afternoon was uh, how can every person use breathing in a better way uh, in order to improve uh, well-being yeah I, I came at the end so I didn't see the whole seminar but I, I understand that he was talking about uh, 
putting tape over your mouth so you could only breathe through your nose when when you were sleeping these kind of things so. yeah you have uh, two two um, parts of uh, what we're talking about one part was how to improve your breathing in itself mm. uh, and the other part was how to use breathing in order to enhance relaxation enhance uh, hypnosis enhance uh, the mental room mm. uh, mindfulness and so on yeah. and in the first uh, area how to improve your way of uh, um, breathing then the uh, taping the mouth was one of the methods yeah. because uh, breathing through the nose seems to be a better breathing than uh, through the mouth yeah I, I'm gonna try that myself to, to sleep with uh, uh, with taping my mouth so I can only breathe through my nose it sounded like an interesting experiment and, uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, in uh, in med he, uh, the the person who um, tried to teach the Swedish people uh, better breathing has uh, practiced this also during uh, exercise so he has run the famous uh, leading race yeah which is shorter than a marathon but they say it's tougher because there's a lot of up and down yeah with his mouth uh, taped yeah he said he had silver tape around his whole yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. so um, I know that when you developmental training you did a lot of research on different state as ways of accessing uh, alternative states of mind right you looked at different methods around the world yes did all of them include some kind of breathing to, to somehow get into those deeper uh, states of mind? Yes, breathing is an important part of, uh, uh, of uh, the um, uh, transition from uh, the dominant state of consciousness over to alternative states of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. In, uh, in sleep and uh, in uh, hypnosis and in yoga and in mindfulness and yeah, yeah. so so one uh, before we move on to the next topic and we're arriving at the store here so what, what are some ways if you're an elite athlete and you're a little bit stressed over something maybe a penalty shooting is there any ways you can use uh, breathing techniques to, to calm yourself or maybe you're a salesperson going to a sales meeting and you're a little bit nervous or stressed are there any ways you can use breathing to, to focus more? Uh, yes, in terms of uh, performance, there are uh, different ways of uh, using breathing in order to increase performance. One thing which is uh, totally new, which was presented this afternoon, was to use uh, holding your breath. Mm in order to uh, enhance performance and uh, the the people behind that are both world champions in uh, freediving right freediving yeah, yeah. and uh, um, they have used it for their own yeah. uh, performance but now they have practiced this also with the swimming team uh -huh. and with very good results so yeah uh, and this is uh, uh, something which um, is uh, not known yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, also uh, it can replace some of the common training yeah. for instance the guy who was talking and who is also a triath triathlon mm -hmm. champion he trains physically much less than the other mm. and still he's better yeah. because he used this method of, of breathing so yeah. there is a lot to do in terms of um, breathing and exercise yeah uh, i recently got into something that i sent to you which is a guy called wim hof and his name is uh, he calls himself the Iceman, and he uses this as well and i use this now for two or three weeks and for the first time in my life i was able to do five one-arm push-ups after just two, three weeks of his uh, breathing technique. And it's also about holding your breath at mm -hmm. the end. Yeah. And it's amazing. I feel super strong after that, yeah. actually. So yeah. it's really interesting. So I look forward to learn more about this and maybe share about this in future episodes. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to go and do some shopping and then we'll continue after yeah. with another topic. Okay. 
Okay, so we're back. We uh, stopped for a quick dinner at uh, IKEA, like uh, good Swedish people should do. So, um, yeah, I wanted to ask a little bit about um, the latest research when it comes to these things, mental training and, and how to uh, create a better life. So, any thoughts on the latest research? Or? Yeah, <clears throat> if I take uh, one thing that has to do with... Uh, the recovery area as it is uh, the last years it has been more and more talked about the uh, need of uh, uh, recovery yeah that uh, uh, the difference between people who get stress problems and other is not that you work too much you can work very hard train very hard without any stress problems the uh, difference is the recovery uh, yeah. so uh, in order to get good recovery then uh, there are three areas of, of um, mental training which are important uh, one is uh, to be able to uh, Detach to leave, uh, for instance, work. When you leave the work physically, you have to leave it also mentally. Which is and a big challenge for a lot of people, and especially now with technology that uh, you constantly have your emails. And so yeah. that's a big challenge for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Okay. And the other two are? And uh, there we have, uh, especially the. Um, Especially, we have the triggers to use in order to break a situation, to leave a situation. Triggers is very good to use. The second area is recovery in the day. And the third area is recovery in the night during the first hours of sleep when you have the deep sleep yeah and uh, if we take a second area recovery in a day then there is some new research showing that uh, what people believe is uh, rest mm. is not rest at all uh, often people uh, believe that uh, in order to rest you sit down or you lay down for 10-15 minutes and you do nothing mm. but uh, research during the last two years has shown that uh, if you do that then the brain will go in a special into a special mode called uh, the default mode network DMN Okay. where you start to uh, use much more of energy than you did when you were uh, working with something. Uh-huh. And, so it's uh, not enough with just a power nap? Uh, no, so in, in um, the resting area we talk today about uh, active rest. Mm. And this means, uh, for instance, lay down or sit down for 10 minutes and then you focus on something and uh, especially something in mental training uh, it can be breathing mm. it can be uh, relaxing mm. but by focusing on something uh, on that uh, area then uh, you, you, you get real rest the third area is the, the um, deep sleep yeah. and uh, in order to get uh, deep sleep we have to get rid of the basic tension mm. uh, and uh, because uh, the, in the day we need tension for do something 
but in the night we don't need that and it will prevent the, the deep sleep so okay uh, and what are some ways you can do that you can do muscular relaxation just before going to yeah, bed or yeah it can be enough for five six weeks of uh, diminishing the uh, basic tension okay level so just to clarify to, to clarify to the listeners, when you do go through the whole mental training program as per Unistos program, you actually start with muscular relaxation. And in order to relax, you first tense your muscles and then relax. And that, that's a way to, to learning to, to relax. And so that's a, how you start the, the mental training, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, for the first area, you mentioned triggers. So, uh, can you explain a little bit uh, triggers and uh, how uh, how you can work with triggers to completely let go of the office when you're leaving? Triggers is uh, uh, to do something which are related to the effect you want to have um, in in your brain in in your mind. So. Um, for instance, many areas, it has to do with uh, alternative states of um, consciousness and uh, alternative system of control. And uh, in, the ter- in the relation to systems of control, then uh, the, the common system of control is uh, uh, the dominant system of control, voluntary effort. But there is a lot of uh, areas in life where uh, the uh, voluntary control uh, increases the problem instead of Mm. getting rid of the problem. Going to sleep in the night, uh, focusing on something. Um, There are, even in in sport, where you shall perform good. If you try too hard, it will be the opposite effect. So, mm, yeah. uh, instead of... Uh, but uh, fortunately, this uh, voluntary of effort is the only way people have learned control. So, uh, learning the... Uh, using triggers instead is very important for for many people mm. in order to go to sleep and in order to do things without effort. So I call it uh, relaxed effectiveness to be more effective by using less energy. Okay. So, like a trigger, can you give an example of a trigger that you can use and how you how you would do to install that trigger? Uh, if you take it from uh, take it from the sport area, have you seen Nadal's triggers before he serves? Yes, <laughs> uh, most tennis players, all tennis players, have different triggers before they shall uh, uh, perform good. So, like so basically, a, they link something physical to an emotion, or how would you describe it? Then? Yeah, the. In their brain, they have a connection between a good performance and uh, uh, the trigger, which are related to former good performance. Mm. So by uh, picking up former ex- um, good performance and uh, related to trigger, then uh, you can get the performance come back when you want it mm. or the flow mm. or a certain uh, emotion or mm. whatever yeah uh, in uh, strategic tech coaching we talk about using music as a trigger which is quite powerful you know you have a song that is maybe linked uh, to your loved one or something you know it, and you play that song and you get back to the emotion and you know yeah, a, yeah. and if you take the um, example with the um, uh, with the uh, going to sleep, yeah. and uh, many people have uh, some things that they do in order to go to sleep. Mm. Some kind of ritual. But uh, uh, yeah. it depends how effective it is. 
mm. depends on how much connection it is between what they're doing and uh, uh, letting sleep to come. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're back at the school here now. So we're going to break for a while and maybe discuss another topic later. So thank you so much. Okay, so we're back at the Scandinavian International University here in Örebro. So we're sitting at the school now, so we have more time to talk. So uh, I was first uh, curious, you, I believe, were the first one to use the term mental training. That is correct. Uh, yes, uh, I wanted to find a word that could uh, be suitable for the uh, thing that I had been working for uh, with in uh, Uppsala University. Uh, in combination of finding alternative states of consciousness mm. in terms of uh, uh, the, the effect of training mm. uh, in other areas than uh, just sport mm. and also in order to get some control over the uh, variation of performance in sport. So that it was the sport background that uh, made me start to work with that that became mental training yeah. and uh, uh, of course as I was psychologist at that time uh, my colleagues said you cannot call it mental training because people will connect it with a mental hospital, mental patient mm. but uh, it's not so many alternatives uh, Yeah. You could call it psychic training, as we have done mm. in the Swedish army, yeah. uh, but uh, it's not better. So yeah. I decided to use the term mental training for this uh, uh, method yeah. and to give it a positive uh, content. And I think now uh, mental training is, is, is the name that is used all over the world because I just... Uh, did an Instagram post, you know, the social media where you can use hashtags and I used mental training as a hashtag and there was 25,000 posts on mental training. Mm -hmm. So I think it, th this term that you started to use has spread now all over the world, which is great. Yes, <coughs> and um, uh, in, uh, as I developed the training programs during the 60s in the, in the, with the national teams in Sweden, uh, then the first uh, test was the Olympics in, in Montreal mm. and when I went around in the Olympic village and asked people about sports psychology and about mental training uh, no one knew about mm. that yeah. so I was the only one only sports psychologist at that time in the Olympics and, uh, but the rumor about uh, Sweden has started something called the mental secret, training secret weapon spread around so between 1976 and 1988 with the Olympics in uh, Korea Seoul I was invited to 12 different countries yeah. uh, of the Olympic uh, committee so you, in order uh, to you, introduce it you were in Australia right and you Australia US. many times yes. yeah, as a guest professor and uh, yeah. yeah so um, there was some kind of uh, revolution for mental training yeah. up to uh, yeah. 78. But at yeah. that time it was only used uh, in sport in other yeah. countries. And still around the world it has been mostly used in sport. So yeah, yeah. it's first now, uh, because in Sweden we have used it in, other, uh, in all areas of society. In the school and business. And, and yeah. uh, it starts to come also in other countries now. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, for example, if you in social media now there is this uh, viral thing that some schools have been practicing meditation, mindfulness meditations or something, instead of detention. And I was thinking, well, we did mental training in the schools in Sweden already in the 80s, because you did projects with the Swedish school system. Because I remember when I was a kid, after gymnastic class, we lay down, mm -hmm. and I realized maybe 20 years later that it was actually yours, your voice we were listening yeah, to. Yeah. Uh, so we had like 10 minutes of relaxation after gymnastic class, and I remember how it was really a good effect on me, you know. Yeah, so. I started with, uh, with a friend to make... Uh, a project with mental training in, in the school system 1976 and he made his dissertation uh, a PhD about uh, the effect 
after six years of research and mm. uh, the effect was so good that um, mental training became a part of the Swedish school system. Mm. Uh, first, during uh, different names, in the beginning it was um, regulation of uh, tension mm -hmm. control mm -hmm. and uh, uh, then it was some other names but uh, since some years back we have the name mental training also mm -hmm. in the school system. Is it still part of the school system? It, but it's not a mandatory thing, like it's optional? It's a or? mandatory thing uh, on the high school level. It is? Oh, yeah. Okay, excellent. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. Uh, another thing, I know you speak at the Swedish Police Academy every year. Yeah. Do all the Swedish police go through your mental training? Or yes, <coughs> they um, uh, have a training for one year mm. and uh, uh, after that, uh, in that training for one year, it's uh, two parts. One is to, to learn the mental training and the mm. um, different parts of mental mm. training. So mental they go through the whole meditation process uh, with all this? Yes, the yeah. also mental toughness training, uh, yeah, for instance. Yeah. The second part is preparation for the future. Mm. Uh, for instance, uh, in the police instructions, there are instructions how to behave in different situations. Mm. Mm. For instance, if uh, someone starts to shoot mm. at them, mm. Uh, it stands very clear how to handle that. Mm -hmm. the, the problem is that uh, when you get, ex uh, when you get stressed, yeah. then uh, it's difficult to, to think. Yeah, and you, yeah. you act in the wrong way and yeah. you get accused afterwards. Yeah. But uh, by translating the uh, intellectual instructions to images, mm. and then in the, in the, in the mental room, see themselves performing in the right way. So you can visualize different scenarios. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And then same like a tennis player would visualize his game, yeah. the police would visualize it's different scenarios. Yeah. So then it will be programmed and they don't have to think when they come into the situation. Yeah. They act automatically mm -hmm. in the right way. Yeah, so yeah. that's one uh, use. Yeah, oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, there's so many different areas that you can use this, I think. And I yes. mean, it's not only sport, it's for feeling better and performing better and I think this is the kind of the mission of your your school right yeah uh, it's, uh, function and feel better in in everyday life and uh, it, it's uh, something which uh, can be used every day in every situation yeah uh, I wanted to ask a little bit about technology because you know that I like to use technology to spread ideas and also to uh, learn and also use meditations on my phone and I think technology can be used for good and it can be used for bad. And I think many times, uh, the younger generations today, or maybe even me, we use technology in the wrong way. Constant interruptions, constant checking on our phones. So have you seen any research on this, how this affects your brain when you use technology the wrong way? Uh, it's difficult to say uh, that uh, the use is negative or positive because it's both. Mm, yeah. Um, there has been a, a, a lot of research to show the benefits yeah. of uh, using the modern technology. You learn faster. In order to and learn and, yeah. and to get information uh, easier. And, yeah. so. and uh, there is also research showing the negative things. Mm. Uh, one example is... Um, uh, if we talked about um, the deep sleep mm. or going to sleep, during the deep sleep is, uh, uh, for instance, the growth hormones mm. comes during deep sleep. Uh -huh, okay. And uh, as modern technology is so interesting for many young people yeah, that the they stimula um, stimulation, work. Yeah. Uh, in the in the evening and uh, mm. last thing you do before you go to bed, you check your emails or your phone yes, or your iPad. Yeah. When when they go to sleep, uh, some of them don't get the deep sleep, and then they don't yeah. get the growth hormone. Yeah. So it can uh, have the effect that they don't yeah. get the same 
development in length and yeah, yeah. so I think so it goes back to what we talked about before, this thing that you said with active recovery, mm-hmm. that you need to learn to shut it off and mm-hmm. use active recovery during the day, do yeah. some kind of meditation technique or you know, some kind of relaxation during the day yes. to, to, to la- learn to. And also the, um, the light from the computer or mm-hmm. the phone uh, has often a, a, a color mm. which uh, makes it more difficult to mm. go to sleep. So there is yeah. just some few examples of yeah, the negative yeah. things. Also. Uh, have you looked at anything at the future technologies? For example, I'm interested in how virtual reality can be used. For example, you can use virtual reality combined with mental training, where you, if you're in in sports, you maybe can visualize, you can, in in virtual reality, you can play a penalty shootout and in virtual reality, get into that same emotion. Have you looked at anything? Because virtual reality is something that they're talking about now, it's coming, you know, the games and all this. It can be used by therapeutics, things and mental training. Have you looked at anything at this? Not more than, uh, as you know, I try to teach uh, people to play golf without physical training. Yeah, that's an amazing yeah. story, actually, isn't it? And uh, this has to do with the uh, with the uh, mirror mm. neurons. Mm. Uh, so and, you learned people to play golf without holding, a, they were watching other people yeah, play and pretending. Yeah, that, but so. they were seeing themselves in mm. the other people. And mm. uh, that is a way of using mental training to get uh, identification with the, mm. uh, with the goal images mm. you want mm. to have. You see some mm. other per- person, but you see themselves mm. in the other person. Yeah. And it's a little of uh, what uh, virtual reality can do also mm, to mm. make the images more vivid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is mm. uh, combinations or possible now. Mm. It um, has been two different areas, but yeah, yeah. It, in the begin in the future, it should be interesting to combine these yeah, two yeah. areas. Yeah, I look forward to because I I can imagine. A lot of possibilities with this, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I know you have some interesting thoughts on aging. I'm getting old. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm older than you now, because you stayed at 37, correct? Yes. So I've surpassed you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are your thoughts on, uh, on aging? I look at you as an old uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, uh, on aging? Cause Do you have uh, two, uh, two days to discuss this? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, very short, you can say that uh, first there is a lot of uh, interesting discussions about uh, age and uh, how long life we could have. Yeah. And um, there is one researcher in England who, who says that uh, the first person who will live a thousand years has already been born. Yeah, it's his, I have seen his TED talk. Uh, what's his name, that researcher again? Uh, I don't remember, but no. yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Fascinating. so this is one area. The other area is uh, if we look at aging as it has been, or as is many people think, it has been combined with the decline theory Mm. And the decline theory uh, means that uh, it's rather natural to develop during 20 years to stay Mm. for 50 years and then uh, go down, uh, decline, uh, mentally and uh, and physically. Mm. However, uh, that had to do also with uh, the belief that uh, the brain is is finished developed at 20 years of age and then it goes Yeah, I remember down. when I was when you were a kid I always thought that when you lose your brain cells you can't get them back because that's right. what the yeah. research said at the time but that has changed now, correct? Yeah, yeah. and uh, Since a few years thanks to a Swedish Yeah, oh, we had a little bit of a technical fault there but okay, uh, let's continue Yeah, yeah. the brain uh, continues to produce new nerve cells the lifelong mm. Why haven't we uh, detected that before, 
why have we, have we believed in the decline theory? Yeah, one reason is that uh, uh, my friend, the Swedish researcher Peter Eriksson, he showed that in order to use the, in order to keep the new nerve cells, we have to use it. Mm. So uh, it became uh, the saying, use it or lose it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if we don't use it, then it disappears. Mm -hmm. And what happens when we get older is that we st start to use the brain less and less. Yeah, people retire and yeah. you know, play golf and I drink mean, wine uh, the whole day. Retirement, days. you lose the, the mission yeah, concept. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Who wants my uh, resources now? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you lose uh, friends yeah, from yeah. the work. Yeah. The identity, who am I now mm -hmm. when I'm not this profession and so on. So yeah. it, there are a lot of... To be honest, I, I don't believe thing. in retirement anymore because retirement assumes that I don't like what I'm doing. Mm. But if I love what I'm doing, why should I ever retire? Yeah. And some of the things, not everything that I do, but some of the things that I do, I love doing it. Yes. So I have no intention of retiring. I want to continue as long as I can. You know? yeah. So then and, uh, why should I retire at 65? You know? and it has been known for many, many years that people without a certain year of retirement with free... Uh, professions like authors and so mm. on uh, live longer because yeah, yeah. they don't have I this. I think Dale Carnegie did his last uh, public speaking when he was 94 or something like this. Yeah. You know, he was yeah. always on stage. Yeah. You know, why, why stop if you love what you're so, doing? And that's, I mean, I, you travel yeah. all over the world and speak and, mm. and talk about your mental training concept. So, yeah. so this uh, is one thing. And the other thing is that uh, <coughs> you connect often because of the decline theory, you connect things to happen when you get older. Mm. Uh, when, I'm, when someone is 50 or 60, 70, yeah. now I expect things yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and of all course, this expectation is a very that, important part. Yes, the goal image. And yeah. I remember my grandparents kept saying that, oh, we don't have as much energy because we're so old. And they kept saying that over and over yeah, again. Yeah, and of yeah. course, if you say that, you know, yeah. It's you just making it, make it stronger. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, so we, I think I, we can do a whole episode on this in the future because uh, there's a lot of interesting ideas about this. Yes, I decided <laughs> then 25, because you mentioned 37 years, yeah. I decided 25 years ago to take away my age yeah. uh, by hypnosis. Yeah. So after that, I have... So how old are you now? Uh, 37. <laughs> because... Um, I, I know when I am born, but I cannot connect it with uh, uh, with yeah, a uh, year. Yeah. Now, so, but then I detected that I needed some identification because mm. if I didn't know anything about how old ah, I was, then it could be 150 so, or you know uh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it yeah. was some uh, uncertainty. So mm. then I uh, I told myself which is the best year of my life, and I found 37 ah, okay. and then I programmed in so yeah. 37 years to stay yeah, at yeah. that age. Yeah. Uh, actually one of the first time you and me met was when I did uh, my coaching certificate in Thailand with you and I already done your course, the, the mental training course and in the course you say this that you, you blocked mm -hmm. how old you are. Mm -hmm. So we were walking on the beach in Thailand and I think we were, we were on the way to that restaurant on the beach there and I, I, I wanted to test you. So, so I asked you, oh, Ernesto, how old are you now? Because I wanted to see your, your response. And you, your response was immediately, well, I don't know, 37. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and this was 2011 or something like this. So, uh, it's interesting. No, I didn't say, I don't know. I said 37. Yeah, yeah probably 37, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember exactly. I know I'm 37. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, another thing that is not related to, to this, but... You've been traveling a lot. Uh, I'm a big fan of traveling. Uh, I, um, and I know you're in part of the 100 Club in Sweden, the, the, the people that have been to more than 100 countries. Mm -hmm. How many countries have you been to now? Do you know? Uh, I think it's 118. 118. Mm -hmm. And I think, according to UN, it's like 196 countries or something in the world. Yes. It depends on how you calculate. We have three people in the club who have been to, to every all of country. them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So my personal goal is to, to, to reach the 100 Club, and I think I'm on 46 or 47 now. But I think traveling is a good, good, very good education. And I mm. think people in sometimes in countries that have that are well off, countries like Sweden or even UAE, Dubai, where I live, 
that people from those countries, maybe when they're 15, 16, should go to a poor country and volunteer and just to see, to get some perspective. So what are some thoughts on traveling and uh, like the learning from, from traveling? Because you've been all over the world. 118 yes. countries, that's, that's quite a lot. And you're only 37. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, um, it's a, as I work and also my university works with this lifelong learning mm. idea. Which is, I li- really like that concept. So this that you, is one thing. But the you other thing be learning. I mm. work with is the daily learning. Mm. And uh, uh, every evening, ask yourself, what have I learned today? Mm. Also, who did I learn most from mm. today? We mm. know that informal learning in inform, uh, informal situations are the most important learning in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, by traveling, there is a very good opportunity to... to Practice learn patience. things that you don't <laughs> yeah. learn if you just stay home. Absolutely. Yeah. So it has been a very good um, opportunity to to develop by learning yeah. things from yeah. different countries, yeah. and also to try to use everything that happens. For instance, uh, uh, I have got robbed. Mm. A number of times. <laughs> uh, you uh, told me the story about Brazil uh, the first time you met yeah, my yeah, wife yeah. that is from Brazil. Yes. The best time you got robbed. Yeah. How many times yeah. you got robbed? Uh, five. <laughs> Any time with a weapon, with a gun? or uh, no, no, only two times with a weapon. With a gun or with a knife? With a gun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so where, where, where was that? In, in Brazil. Of? Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Dangerous place. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, similar uh, that I used to uh, this with the kiss. Uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, maybe share that story. Kissed me yeah. and I forgot everything and they <laughs> took everything that, I had. That's a good way to get robbed. You yes. said that some a girl came up uh, and kissed you. Similar was in in and this was in Copacabana. And ah, okay. similar was in uh, in um, uh, Buenos Aires. Okay. In the middle of uh, the day, in the afternoon, on mm. the on the biggest street, yeah. and I had a, a camera, mm-hmm. a film camera, yeah. a video camera, just on yeah. around my neck and on the, uh, yeah. and uh, suddenly I saw that it was open and the uh, camera was away, uh-huh. and I haven't noticed. Oh, really. And uh, then uh, they used hypnosis then on you. my wife said, oh, yes, do you remember two minutes ago that uh, two kids started to fight? Uh, yeah. And we stopped and looked at them. Yeah, the distraction. And, uh, of course, they were part of, of a gang. Uh, so yeah. by taking the focus away yeah. from yeah. camera, yeah. Uh, yeah. they could take yeah. the camera. Yeah. It's so interesting, yeah. this uh, idea of... Uh, Focusing and uh, getting uh, and forget everything else. It's a hypnosis, basically. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Can, I have that's used uh, for diff- for instance pain yeah, yeah. in chronic pain. Um, yeah. I use this method yeah. to take the pain away from the awareness area yeah, yeah. into the back of uh, of your head. Yeah. And normally you don't notice your pain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the same with tinnitus and other mm. problems. So yeah, that yeah. is a very good application of this uh, yeah. robbery <laughs> so you learned to. In, in, yeah. I mean trans phenomena in hypnosis for some people might sound a little bit weird but there's so many weird things that can happen so yeah. I, we shouldn't make the listeners feel weird about this but what are some of the strangest things that you've seen in trans phenomena I heard someone for example that someone got hypnotized that a person in front of them was not there and that person saw through that person and saw what was behind it somehow. I don't know, in trance state. Uh, but what are some weird things you've seen in trance uh, hypnosis state? Yeah, I made so, uh, many such experiments with uh, negative and positive hallucination yeah. where you see things that are, are not there mm. in reality. Or you, you take away by uh, saying uh, when you open your eyes, you will be you and me will be alone in, in the mm, room. Mm. And um, 
even if there are people around in the room, mm. they will not see these people. Mm. Uh, and but if you ask them to go through the room, mm. they will avoid the people. But so they, uh -huh. some some part of them will mm. know. So they will but okay. They, they will they, not just walk through the person. No, they will. Uh -huh. no, they, uh, That's really also, interesting. Yeah. If you put a hat mm. on these persons in 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 the room. Mm. And ask them, and they would say, "Oh, very funny! I can see a hat oh, really? uh, going around <laughs> in, yeah. in the room." Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they see only the hat, yeah. not the person. It's so, interesting. The mind is such an interesting. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And I know you uh, like, for example, uh, but this is, I think, for hypnosis, is a regular thing. But that you can do operations without uh, anesthesia. Yeah, my wife has made. Uh, Several operations without any uh, anesthetic. Yeah, anesthetic. Um, didn't you do the same in the, Thailand? Even a big. When, didn't, when you had an accident in Thailand, didn't you do the same thing? That you said to yes. told the doctors that no need for. Yes. And what did the doctor say? But that was uh, not so big that she has made. She has made bigger. Oh really? And yeah. uh, that's the same. She used to move uh, away from the body. Mm. To place yourself at the side, mm. and uh, it's the same phenomena that people uh, close to death mm -hmm. report Out of body that they see themselves uh, from uh, the uh, ceiling, down. Yeah, yeah. and that can be done uh, by hypnosis. You can yeah. move away from from your body, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that has been used for pe uh, in people who in in. Uh, uh, Torture situation mm -hmm. uh -huh, so, uh, when okay. they are get tortured, so, uh, that they have succeeded to leave the body. Uh, so they don't feel any of the pain. They don't feel any. So uh, uh, it can have a yeah. big value in, in different situations yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, so I want also to give some strategies that the listeners can use in their daily lives. So. In the blog post of this, I'll give you a link to maybe some of the apps that you have so you can download the, the, the mental training techniques. But uh, is there any particular strategies that you want to share with the listeners that they can use immediately, um, something to improve their lives? We talked about learning for life, which is, I think, is a very good strategy that use your daily life as a as growth school, learning from, from day to day. But any other strategies that you want to leave the listeners with? Um, what we have been talking about today, the uh, breathing thing is mm. easy to learn. Yeah. It's difficult to uh, to get automatized, mm. so you don't have to think about mm. it. So that, practice, but, yeah. but um, breathe in for your nose, breathe practice. deep, uh, breathe deep into your stomach. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yes. Tape over your mouth if you want to go all in. Yes. Yeah. The um, things where you. Uh, get control over your thoughts mm. uh, because peop uh, I have shown that um, most people have uh, more of uh, get more caught by negative thoughts than positive thoughts yeah, yeah. and uh, one and if they try to prevent the negative thought it will mm. come more often mm. so yeah, by, by it, using yeah. effort to get rid of it mm. they will increase the problem mm. so uh, the strategy there is uh, one of the strategies there is to do the opposite you don't fight it mm. let it come and mm. let it go mm. you don't have mm. any receiver mm -hmm. because uh, it's not the thought in itself it's your emotional reaction mm. on the mm. thought which yeah. is the problem is this thing when you're trying to get to sleep when you're, you start thinking i have to sleep i have to sleep i have yeah. to sleep and yeah the same yeah. to use the opposite let the sleep come let the thought mm. come mm. and uh, it. let it go yeah. allow it to be there yeah. yeah so this is a very simple strategy but mm. uh, uh, it, it's effective mm. yeah yeah so um, mental training even if the main thing is the uh, learning things after training, mm, which yeah. be automatized part of yourself, yeah. there is also uh, things that you can do uh, for changing a certain situation, yeah. uh, breaking a state or yeah. 
yeah. introducing a good state yeah. in, in a, a situation. Yeah. So there are both techniques for uh, immediate change yeah, and yeah. Uh, techniques for long-term changes. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I see that, uh, I mean, in, in the mental training that, uh, yeah, the effects are some kind of subconscious. And then you, I have different NLP techniques that I work with uh, that, you know, when you change your, maybe your body language or, you know, the way you're breathing, what you're focusing on, and then you can change the, your your state quickly. quickly. Mm -hmm. So I think both are really powerful. And uh, yeah. I like the term when you say mental training, that is the mental aspect and it's the training aspect. It's not, you don't do it one day and then that's it. You train over a period of time, you know. Yes. So I like your name, mental training. Yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> Anything else or that's it? I think, to be honest, I could talk for hours with you. Yeah. So maybe we can do this again one time because yeah, I yeah, know you have yeah, so yeah. many stories. And, uh, you are welcome to come back or I come over to Dubai. Yeah, exactly. We can go for a walk on the beach. We were supposed to go. <laughs> or in the desert. Yeah, exactly. We were supposed to go for a walk today, but yeah. it was a little bit cold here in Örebro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we decided to do the the podcast inside instead yeah, yeah. so i hope to do this on a beach in dubai or in the desert next time yeah good so, <laughs> Look thank you so much to that wow that was uh, a lot of information i hope you enjoyed that episode i actually listened to this op episode a couple of times uh, because it was just so many things we covered so uh, i heard listen to this episode four or five times now so i hope you enjoyed the episode as much as i did uh, so some ways you can implement these things. First of all, we talked about triggers. And uh, one of the most powerful ways, I think, to use triggers is music that we talked about in the episode. So think about some emotions that you want to have with you during your day. Maybe you want sometimes you need to pump yourself up or uh, you need to get in a gratefulness state. Find music that connects those emotions with you maybe you have a song that uh, you feel grateful every time you listen to it you know for me i have a wonderful world world when i listen to that song i just feel grateful so find a couple of songs that uh, elicit positive emotions in you and put them on your phone secondly Meditation, some form of mindfulness, mental training or meditation practice should be part of your daily life and your daily routine. And now it's so easy. You just take out your phone and listen to a guided meditation. So this, I mean, it's proven over and over again that this will improve your life. So just start to get into the habit doing a, a daily meditation. You can use the mental training from Unistol. You can use mindfulness or Yes, there's, you can go to YouTube, YouTube or, and uh, search for guided meditations and there's plenty of meditations to be found. But the most important thing is put them on your phone and put a reminder so a daily meditation becomes of your part of your daily routine. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Strategic Tech Coaching Podcast with your host, Oscar Endermo. We'll catch you next time.